0: Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. Well,
1: good morning. So yay for you all. There was a team that was going to come from Wellspring, but Luke and I are the team this morning. So <laughs> it's us. So we're just going to kind of give you a quick overview of what the school looks like, and um, and share with you then sort of some of the things that God has done in our hearts through that and how the school has worked alongside with that. So Wellspring is a supernatural school of ministry. And it was started by our very own Scott and Stephanie Jones, who have done a church plant in South Carolina. And they together have attended and separately attended numerous uh, ministry schools, um, one of which was the Toronto School. And so they kind of took the best from all the schools that they went to, put it together, and this kind of was birthed out of their heart and their experiences and their journey along the way. And so it's a weekly school, um, about two hours a week, and it um, there's different teachers that come in. They have different teachers from all over who come in um, and teach, and then Scott and Stephanie teach as well. And actually, Scott and Stephanie were some of my favorite teachers, like out of... Everybody that taught, I would have listened to them every week. They are just amazing. So um, we we actually watched recorded classes. So the, the school is actually um, in South Carolina. And then they just have satellite schools you know, around the country. But so we watched a recorded class. And um, Jimmy and Chloe actually facilitated our class in Kalamazoo. And so it went from March to November. And um, we had 22 students this year. And there is a fee that goes with the school, but that includes like a ministry trip at the end. And um, then you get to graduate. So um, we are looking probably to have one here in Vandalia at some point. So you can kind of think about it, pray about it, see if that's something that you would like to be involved in. So the school kind of had five main courses. all of the courses are something that New Day just like values so much. They're just like kind of our core values. And so if you've been here at all through the journey that we've went on the last year, like you've heard a lot about these courses. But it was just um, a little bit more in depth, I would say, and you um, a little on a little smaller scale. And so those courses were um, Hearing God's Voice Experiencing the Father's heart, inner healing and sanctification, living in the prophetic, and giving it all away. And those were kind of the main courses. And then there was other topics that um, were taught, things like you know the masculine and the feminine attributes of God, and and what that looks like in your life, and how that relates to like your mother and your father relationships. And those were excellent. And things like forgiveness. And so there was just a lot added into that. But those were kind of the five core courses. So. Um, that's kind of what the school looks like, it's kind of what it's about, it was an excellent experience for Luke and I um, to get to experience that. And, and also I think kind of one of the highlights was just being with different people from our different campuses as well, like just getting to, to kind of walk through that with them. So um, let's just, I'm just going to say a prayer before I kind of start to share my own, a little bit more personal, um, how it related to me. So, Father, I just thank you that you are just a God who um, you just love us, and you delight in us, and you celebrate us, you celebrate where we're at, and we just thank you for that. And I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just come this morning, and I just pray for each person um, who's come today, I just pray that whether through Luke and I sharing our hearts, or what we've learned through the school, or just contact with another person after the service, I just pray that every person would leave with more hope than they came with, and that they would encounter you in some way today. And um, thank you just for your love and for your goodness in our lives. And we pray this in your name. Amen. So when Luke and I decided to go to Wellspring, um, I think probably one of my thoughts was, like, I just wanted to experience God as my father in sort of a deeper, a deeper level. Um, And I thought, you know, okay, these two hours a week that we set aside is just going to be good for me. I'm going to like be able to focus. It's just going to be kind of my time and be really good for me. So what I didn't anticipate was um, that the school was in Kalamazoo and that was 45 minutes away. And so Luke and I um, got to have 45 minutes there and 45 minutes back like every single Sunday. And it was like our Sunday date. It was really fun. And, um, so we got to kind of connect on the way up and then on the way home, we'd talk about what we'd heard and what we were learning and how it affected us and shout out to Israel and Jessica. They had our kids every single Sunday. So that was so, so perfect for us. Um, I think for Luke and I, most of the information that we heard it wasn't new stuff we've We've been through it, we've walked a certain amount of healing in our own lives. we've heard this stuff, we've done it, and so it it wasn't like just like new oh, I've never heard that before, but it was more like just kind of another layer and another um, being able to process it maybe in a different way or because we're in a different season in our life and um one of the things that I that I loved most about the school was they had a team there who was there just for us. Like they were there to pray for us, to pray over us, they spoke life over us, they gave prophetic words, and that that was so so powerful for me. It just like created this really safe place. Like, okay, there's people here who have walked through this stuff. They're here just for you if you run into a problem, if you like are overwhelmed they're going to be there. And so that was just a really safe environment that they created through that. And so I remember that the first night that we walked into the school, um, last year wasn't the easiest year for Luke and I. Just There was seasons in our life and things that we faced that just were not, they weren't fun for us. And so um, starting this year out, um, me personally, I just felt like I was in a different season. than i'd been in for a while and it kind of looked like um really i'm still here like this is this is i have this is the furthest i've got like oh my goodness and so um i remember like just verbalizing that to luke like i don't know if it was on the way up or just in the weeks previous to that just saying like wow like oh, I'm still here, like I'm still dealing with these issues, these feelings, like shouldn't I be further in my walk than I am? Like I've I've been through certain inner healing stuff, I've, you know, been committed to reading God's word and all these things, but I just feel like I have so very far to go, and I just want to be past this, and I want to be better than this, and um, I feel like I'll never get there wherever there is, I don't know, but you know, like, wow, I should be further. So I just I remember that was kind of where I was at, and I had verbalized that to Luke um, in previous weeks before that. and so we walked into to Wellspring School, and we we just started with worship and we were worshiping, and the team was kind of, you know just moving through the room praying for people or you know, just they were just there. And one of the women on the team, came over to me, and she said, "Um, can I just share a word that I feel like the Lord has for you? And I was like, yeah, that's why I'm here. Like I just want everything I can get. And so she just said, "Um, I sense that the Father is saying that you are on this journey, and you're looking ahead, and then um, you look back, and you measure the distance, and you judge where you've been, how far you've come, and where you're going. and the father says i don't want you to do that anymore like i you've come a long long way and you're walking in freedom and the prize is closer than you think it's like just around the corner and um it's just ahead and so for me like that was just so right on it was so affirming to exactly where i was and and it just gave me permission to like really be where i was at and not have to like judge or um you know, look back. It just, it just gave me permission to celebrate where I was and to keep going. And so I remember, too, that first night, one thing that Stephanie said um, as she was kind of introducing and telling us about the school is she just said, like, don't judge the fruit of this school too fast. Like, just come with an open heart, say yes to whatever God wants to do in your life during this time. And you will see the fruit in time. Like, so don't just like look at it like, oh wow, that session was kind of, you know, whatever. But give it time because you're gonna see the fruit. And I really, I really tried to do that. Just like come with an open heart and, just like not, not judge each session on its own or be like, oh well, nothing really fantastic happened or I didn't have a major breakthrough but I really just in the last couple of weeks I I as Luke and I have talked have been like wow like I think I'm I think that's a fruit of like just being intentional and like really just hearing those things over again and so I'm still seeing fruit from that and and that's really cool and I've found also that God is just always um, pushing at my concepts of him like he's bigger he's better he's more mysterious and he's more exciting than i 've experienced yet and so that 's so fun um, to be in that walk so i 'm just going to kind of just highlight a couple things that stood out to me um, things that maybe weren't new but just just you know were affirmed or a new revelation or something to me um, kind of relating probably to the topics of the Father's heart, the inner healing and the sanctification that some of the things that we talked about. So um, one of those things is just the way that we see ourselves needs to really come in line with the Father's opinion of us. And God loves good and bad people the same. His love is perfect. It's unconditional. And um, a real revelation for me um, during one of, I don't even remember whose talk it was, was that God can, he has the ability to separate us from our behavior. And I'm like, how does he do that? Like, you know, it's so, we can't, it's hard for us to do that for people, like to actually separate a person from their behavior, but he does that for us, and that's, it's just incredible. Um, one of our number one cravings is to be delighted in and loved for who we are, not who we should be. And, um, God can take any hand that we're dealt, no matter what, no matter how much pain, no matter how much disappointment, no how much um, or how much lack, and he can win with it. And he says that he will restore all the years that the locusts have eaten. And that means from day one, every single year, all of it. And so um, a lot of times the enemy feeds us the most lies in the area that we're most anointed in. And so it was just a, a, a different way of like really being aware of the lies that you're hearing and, and sort of a hopeful thing like, wow, okay, if I'm getting a lot of lies in this area, like this must be something I need to, to be aware of and be like, wow, I have anointing in this area or this is something that the enemy really wants to come against in my life opposed to just like, oh my word, like there's a lot of lies, this is depressing, but it's a more hopeful way to look at it. Um, One of the guys said that doing the right thing for all the wrong reason is still filthy rags. And that was like, oh, because I have lived a lot of my life doing the right things when my heart hasn't necessarily been in the right place. And so it's really not not that commendable. So um, God always anoints the real you, never the fake one. So being real and honest and authentic is super important. And sanctification, this I've heard this before, and I, I loved it, but they just um, it just hit me again that sanctification is really doing what we're made to do. It's just doing what we're created to do and doing it well. So in all of the process of life and learning all this, um, one thing that... Um, Scott Jones shared is he just said one one, he was really struggling um, just, I think, kind of feeling the presence of God and hearing God. and and he just woke up one morning and he just heard the Lord say over him, like, today I give you permission to be you. Just be yourself. And it was so freeing for him. and and i when when he shared that story, I was like, oh, that's like that's just we should know that. But like, We have permission to just be us and to be who we are and who we're created to be. So if you're like me um, and you're always learning and you're on this journey that feels sometimes a little unsure or overwhelming and you feel like you might not ever arrive there, um, here are just a few tips that I find and have found to bring hope and to help me as I learn more about the Father's heart and as I process inner healing and Um, become more who I'm created to be. And so number one is small is enough to make a difference in your life. Don't always look for like this big, huge solution. Sometimes God doesn't just give us this big tree. He gives us a little seed to work with. And so small is enough. And the second one is comparison is of little value. So we're not really smart enough to even compare ourselves. And so don't do the less than or the better than. Just, it's just not wise, just stick to your own self, <laughs> don't compare yourself with others. Um, number three is that change is both immediate and eventual. And so um, when you have a breakthrough or you encounter, a lot of times it's, it's like the spies when they went in to take the land, they saw what they could have and what was available to them and what was actually theirs, but they had to show up and they had to go in and possess the land. And so sometimes our change happens like that. It's, it can be, you know, just like a miraculous thing where God really does breakthrough in your life and you really encounter him and it changes you, but it also can be just something that you need to walk out and you just actually need to go in and possess and take what's really yours. And so number four is to just start where you're at, one step at a time. You don't have to, don't look at your brokenness to set your goals and your vision because you'll either go way too big or you'll go way too small. So just take the next step. And number five is God uses people to help us. So live in community. Find someone who's further in their journey than you are. um, Be humble enough to ask for help along the way. Listen to wise advice. Keep your spirit and your heart teachable. And don't think that perfection is the goal because it's not. So that's what I have to share. Luke's going to share a little bit as well.
0: That's tough. Yeah. Well, first of all, Mark, I want to thank you. I mean, we drove up for nine months once a week, and it felt kind of big. But Mark does it, what, two or three times a week? for three years? (laughs) Like, you're a rock star. You ever argue with yourself? Like, when you're driving? (laughs) Just curious. (laughs) So, anyways, okay. Um, For me, the school was, like Shan said, it's not something that was like necessarily new information as much as it was good to just hear it again from a different voice. Um, We've spent probably eight to ten years learning from Dale, and a lot of it was the same. I mean, it really lined up. A lot of it was the same. The aspect that the school brought that I really enjoyed was the more of the supernatural side. Dale's very... What he brings is very, um, like walking it out every day. Very practical. So what I really enjoyed was the the supernatural aspect of it or the prophetic part. And that's really what I want to talk about this morning. Along with, I want to share, I just got back Monday morning at 1 from Pigeon, Michigan. Who knows where Pigeon, Michigan is? One two three. No, no, they're not that clean up there. <laughs> this is pigeon, just flat out pigeon. Um, I had no idea either. Matter of fact, the thumb, I have never even, I've never been there. I'm not, you know, I'm not a true Michigan, Michigan guy, Michigander because I wasn't born here, so. You know, I've been imported in drafted, grafted, I don't know, something like that. So yeah, married in. Anyways, Pigeon, like it reminded me of Kansas, like it was like really flat. And when we come into Pigeon, there's huge ele- grain elevators. I'm like, I'm like like Kansas style, like them big cement ones. I it was crazy. That place was huge. Um when they said we're going to Pigeon, Michigan, I'm like, oh, "Is that a town of like Vandalia, 400, or what?" But it's actually. I was surprised. And we get there, and we're going. We go to a, a United Methodist church, and I'm like, "That's interesting," because the Methodists aren't necessarily, I mean, they're about the method. So the supernatural isn't necessarily something they've been taught, or something that is even on their radar. But their pastor knows us, and they're considered a friends in Harvest Church. We're considered a partners in Harvest, means we have partnered with other churches. They're a friends, means they're on the outside, but they're friendly with us. Good way to put it? Okay, good. So they invited us up, um, all of our... 20, well, 21 of us went. Shan stayed home. But we went up just to do a weekend of ministry. And what we found was a lot of openness. They, they were open to hear what we had to say, what we had to share. They were open to um, the supernatural. What, what I have found is that it's hard for maybe us as Americans to really dive into the supernatural. Because we're not used to it. We've been taught from little up, science wins every time. And the reality out of it, God creates science and he goes beyond science. And they were open to that. So we started out, and really what we focused on was hearing God's voice. Now, we've been through a lot of that here. Like, we we know that. But I just thought this morning that even though we've heard it, it might still be out there a little bit, and we're not quite sure what to do with that. And so I, what I wanted to do is line that up with the prophetic this morning. We call it here Rhema. We have a Rhema team one Sunday a month. The reality of it is, Rhema is hearing God's voice. It's it's the the um, audible voice, or the I mean, not necessarily, it can be, but like the inner thoughts and the, and pictures and songs and whatever. Um, and so we line we start out with hearing God's voice, and we line those two things up. So Sunday we had all this teaching. Sunday. Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon, I was on the Sunday afternoon teams. We started, we would prophesy over the people. And, and it wasn't forced. They, they wrote down, we want it at such and such time. And so they would come, we were in a room, and we would speak the prophetic over them. And what I found was, well, first of all, there's a lot of pain out there. A lot of hurt. And like Shan said, last year was not the nicest for us. It was a lot of pain. And in those moments, it's so important to be able to hear God's voice and to hear what He is saying to us together and to us individually. It's listen. There's no there's no difference from hearing God's voice and the prophetic. When I hear the Father speak to me, it's literally just prophesying over myself. And when there's pain, you have to be able to hear, or it gets muddled. Our thoughts get muddled, and we start taking things in, into our own hands. We try to control the situations, the outcomes. And so, at that point in time, it is so crucial to hear that. And so, we ha- I went up there, I saw a lot of pain. I'm just going to tell one small story. A man that, I mean, for some reason is really on my heart, but he was 50 years old. Sunday morning, he came and he sat down. And this is a United Methodist Church, so a lot of times, you know, they're more conservative. Like, A lot of times, it's easy just to sit there and keep your pain to yourself. He started weeping and weeping. I'm like, "Wow, that's a lot of pain. He's fifty years old. So I go and I'm just praying over him and and speaking to him. Um, and he just starts sharing. He says, "I'm fifty. I have nothing. My wife has left me. She's taken my three girls. He said, I used to sleep on the floor at the end of the bed of my three girls just to make sure nothing happened. He says, now they're gone. And he was just just pure, sad, just weeping. He said, I have no money because it goes to child support. He said, Luke, I am so lonely. He says, I don't even want to go home. I would rather sit here, even though no one may come up and talk to me, I'd rather be in church, at least there's people around. I go home and I have nothing. So this man felt the pain. It's so crucial in that point in time to hear what the Father is saying over him. What, how the Father views him. And so I had an opportunity just to pray over him, to prophesy over him. And share the Father's heart to Him. And and I'll get to that in a little bit again. But at this point in time, what I want to do is say, in 1 Corinthians, there might be a little bit of like, okay, I'm kind of scared of this prophetic stuff. I've never experienced it. I've never Um, been a part of that. And let me just say, I understand. I grew up in an extremely conservative church. I understand those fears. Matter of fact, growing up, they told me to stay away from it. It was of the devil. But coming to learn that that was just them trying to control me because there's actually freedom in that. So it can be scary, but Paul talks about it. And this is what he says. So in First Corinthians 14, if you ever want to just read about it like man, I don't understand it, just read 1 Corinthians 14. There's a There's a good passage about it. And he, in the first chapter he's he's talking about speaking in tongues, which can also be scary. But then he is, so he's talking about speaking in tongues and he's talking about prophetic. And he says, For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but he's speaking to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter, they utter mysteries by the Spirit. So if anyone heard that, you're like, Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but the one who prophesies speaks to people. And this is what they're doing. They're speaking for that person's strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So as I was prophesying over this man, I understood that it's not necessarily my thing to say, well, God wants you to do this. That's between him and the Father. But my prophecy over him was to strengthen him, to encourage him, and to bring comfort to him. Well, when we left, we got ready to leave about Sunday night, about 8, and I had spent a little bit in the morning and then most of the evening with this guy, just through the evening service, just praying for him, just speaking and prophesying over him, just letting him hear the Father's heart to him. When we left about 9 o'clock, He just said, thank you so much. Now, this is a man that's probably never experienced this before. But he says, it feels so good to feel strengthened. I said, well, that's what prophetic is, is to strengthen. It's to build up. And so I want to encourage us this morning not to be afraid of it. But to say, okay, Father, I quiet my heart before you. I'm nervous, but I'm open. The prophetic will always line up with the Bible. If it's from God, it's not going to disagree with the Bible. So let's say someone gives you a word. I have, we record them on my phone. So I record what people have said to me. And I take that and now I can take it to my mentor or someone. Hi, babe. How are you? (laughs) Good. And I can say, does this line up with scripture? What do you think of this? And they can say, yeah, that's, you know what, that's right on. Or, ah, that's a little funny. And we just say, okay, we get rid of it. But let me share this. Because this stuff is sort of new. Now, some of us, has anyone ever spoken a word over here and you're like, okay, that's just crazy. Go ahead. Okay, so if that's happened, you're not the only one. Mark, Lou... Annie, I saw Reuben's hand go up. Let me tell you a little story. I had a man speak over me. He said, if you don't move to this city, you're going to lose everything. Your wife will die, and you will lose all of your finances. You'll become poor and broke. That is not prophetic. That's a curse. Now, I can take that word, and I can do a a couple things with it. First of all, I can take that and say, forget that. I will not listen to the prophetic anymore. I am staying away because that is scary stuff. Or I can take that and say, okay, we're going to just brush that off to the side. We're going to get rid of that. I actually had one man who's a very good friend of mine. I shouldn't say that. I re- I retract. He. I mean, it's not like I said that, like we hang out Friday nights and Saturday nights, and we don't. He's just an an older man that is a man of God and he come to us and he broke the curse off of us. He said, you know what? I break that off of you in Jesus' name. I said, thank you. We did too. Um, but think of it like this. If you have a, your wallet, you have, this is how it was taught to us. If you have five $20 bills, let's say two of them are no good. They are counterfeit. Now, we're not going to just take our wallet and say, forget that and throw that thing off to the side. I, I am done with $20 bills. You know what? You take them. No, we're wise. We're saying, okay, we hold up in the light and we look for the little bar and all the little other stuff we're supposed to, supposed to look for. And the ones that don't have it, we pitch those. Now, the enemy does not counterfeit something that is not real or valuable. So you don't see $3 bills being counterfeited. Why? There is there're no none out there. You don't see $1 bills being counterfeited. Why is that? There's not much value. So what I want to do is encourage you, okay, that happened Something I didn't—it wasn't good. What happened to me? But I just brushed that off to side. I Said, "Lord, I'm—I'm—I break that off," because there's been so many good words given to me. I'm going to share one. We were at a meeting, and um, it was actually Steve and Wendy Backlund. Uh, you remember Steve was here earlier. His wife Wendy. We had dinner with them and um and some others were having dinner with them and they started just prophesying over us and she looked at me and she said Luke I see something written on your forehead the word unique <clears throat> now I haven't been called unique before or I have been called unique before like it wasn't like earth-shattering or anything I was like yeah that's that's happened before and, and just from people saying wow you're weird no <laughs> But she said, You think different. Like you you think in a whole different way than what most people think. And I sort of chuckled inside, and I remember my father and I said, How'd you get in the family? <laughs> but he was joking, I think. I wish he was here. I could ask him. And he said, um, Or she said, But the Lord is saying, I love it. I love that you think different. I love that you're unique. I created you like this. Walk in it. man. I was like, wow, well, because it's true. There's a lot of times people say something. I'm like, wow, I just don't see it like that. And so it felt so good to hear. Now, that, that is good. So I gave you an example of the bad that happened to us. Do you see the difference? Like, do you feel like, like not only does it line up with the scripture, but there's peace that comes with it. Peace is what? What is peace? A fruit of the Spirit. So peace is a fruit that the Holy Spirit is there. Boom. There you go. So peace. So there was a peace. There was not peace with that first word. Anxiety. High levels of anxiety. But peace with the definitely was with the second word. So it lines up with scripture. There's peace. There's rest. That comes with it. Um... And it brings, what Shan was saying, hope. It brings hope to us. It lifts our spirits. It's encouraging. It's strengthening. It's comforting. I will finish with one story. It's nothing earth-shattering, but it was fun for me. As we're prophesying... I've only done this one other time where normally on a Sunday I'm up here and people come up for the prophetic or the rhema and usually it lasts about 10, 15, 20 minutes and we usually only have time for like one once on a Sunday. Well, up there in Pigeon, we had three hours worth of people. It's exhausting to to, to do that time. Like, I didn't realize how exhausting that was. But it's so fulfilling. We had this couple come in. His name was Agler. Not Alger. Yeah, Agler. I always get them mixed up. Alger and Agler. His name was Agler. I've never heard it before. Agler and Ruth, they come in. They sit down. No, most of these people have never experienced this. They were, he was 88 and three quarters years old. She was 87. My heart immediately, because my grandpa's in that range, so my heart was like, oh, Jesus, I just love them so much. And um, we just started praying and prophesying, and we just kept getting these words that... They feel like they've been shoved to the curb. And so we just start saying, you know what? The Father has not shoved you to the curb. Matter of fact, he's asking you to come back out in the middle of the street and to walk again. You are valuable. You are 89 years old almost, and you are highly valuable to the Father and to the kingdom of God. Your time, and he just was crying. Because he had been felt, he has felt like he's been pushed to the curb, and we just—just just things like that. Usually, I don't remember, but I do remember this one. It was things like that. Was just kept the word of the Lord just kept speaking to him, his heart, and he was just crying. It's amazing. We got done, and his wife was crying. She said, "You have no idea how powerful that is." And I was like, "Wow." What I want to do is, I'm going to finish here. Mark, are you taking over when I'm done? Okay, so Mark's going to come up and close us, however he wants to. But I want to encourage all of us. We're going to have a prophetic team today, or Rama team. Rama. We say Rama because it's a nicer, softer word. But the reality of it is, it's just hearing God's voice. It's nothing. It's nothing that's crazy, you know, it's just hearing the heart of the Father. Um, We're going to have that. But what we felt was like maybe we should open that up to just our people first. If it's something you've never taken advantage of on a Sunday, we would like to say this is your time for encouragement, for comfort, for strengthening. And so we do want to open that up to you.